0: And we are back with another Hit the Mat podcast after UFC 281. It was a great card. I mean, you can't ask for much more than five finishes. I mean, that's really what you look for in the UFC. But how are you doing today, Ben?
1: Oh, I'm doing great, man. I mean, that was, like you just said, that was a great card. So many knockouts. You know, the, the casual fan, that's that's a perfect card for them. Uh, five knockouts, as you just said you know, a champion that we've seen have his reign for a while go down. That's not something you see every card for sure. So, you know, we got a lot to dive into here and I'm excited too.
0: I know it's pretty wild because I was just saying it to you. It feels like it feels weird to have back-to-back champions like Usman and Adesanya go down in the fifth round when both of them were going to win the decision for sure. I mean, that's really where I was at was Adesanya just had to finish that round with the way he had fought the fight. up until that point and all of a sudden just bam he got caught and it wasn't to the length of Usman's I think with Usman's I was a lot more shocked obviously because the last minute factor was a head kick like Pereira we knew had the big hands but I will say I thought Pereira looked tired so I didn't really expect a big knockout in the fifth round I I was I was definitely shocked when I saw Adesanya get rocked like that
1: yeah he's he's I mean Alex Perry he's kind of uh He's kind of like an awkward fighter as well. I mean, there was times during the fight where he, his style just looked pretty awkward to me. I mean, you could tell he didn't really want to wrestle at all. You know, his st- his guard, in my opinion, was a little weird. I, fe- I felt like it was a little wide. He has hands wide. But, you know, like I said in the last podcast, he kind of gives me that, like, he po- kind of puts me in, like, that Nganu mindset where it's just, like, it only takes one shot with him. I mean, he, like, the hooks that he throws are just, like, slicing and like vicious I don't know man he, he's just a beast and you know I, I say this a lot when I, I like underdogs in a fight is like hey man it's a fight it's mano-a-mano mano. it all it takes is one shot and, and that's a that's a perfect example of it was Adesanya was winning that whole fight I mean pretty handedly in my opinion and then all it took was one shot and it can happen in any fight, which is crazy. You know, no one, in my opinion, is truly unbeatable, which is the greatest thing about the sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I thought multiple times throughout the night, like this sport is crazy. And I, and I I texted that multiple times. I don't know. It's just, it's it truly is wild to know that at any point, everything can change with the snap of a finger. And we've seen it happen now with back-to-back champions like that. It's pretty crazy. Now, to your point about Pierre and the way he went about kind of the, his way to victory, there was not a lot of wrestling. He didn't seem interested with that. I completely agree. But I do think that is totally going to be his downfall as a champion if that's the the route he's going to take. Because, I mean, Adesanya made it through four rounds without getting rocked by Pierre. And, and he's got heavy hands. We talked about it the whole time. That was another reason why I was so shocked that he lost the fight so late was because I expected, if it was going to be a knockout, I expected it to be early because of the heavy hands. And, I mean, that just obviously wasn't the case. But, yet, Pierre's got to address the ground game and at least be competitive down there because you think about a guy like Shemayev or, or, I mean, anybody that is decent on the ground, that is going to be Pierre's downfall based on what we saw against Adesanya.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's very interesting because you know we saw that he definitely has the endurance now. He definitely yeah. has the chin. I mean, if round one was five seconds longer, we're we're t- we're here talking about an Adesanya first round knockout. So to be able to get rocked like that, get saved by the bell, and then keep on fighting and keep fighting your fight, I mean that that was impressive. But you know, like like you're saying, there is a glaring issue here, and it's Pierre's wrestling. I mean, it, it's definitely not it's not looking good for him. And like you said, if he faces anyone, Burns, Chemayev, I mean, he's going to get crushed. It's not going to be a good fight. So, I mean, I I completely agree with you. And that's going to be something that he's going to need to address. I see a lot of fans on the media right now on Twitter, stuff like that. They're saying Pierre is the worst champion in the UFC right now, which, you know, it could be true. But at the end of the day, I think this guy's a savage, man. I think this is gonna something I think this is gonna be something he's really gonna, you know, address in his next fight camp. And, you know, it, it should be his only focus right now because the striking's there. And if he can just even get, you know, some takedown defense, I think that's what could propel him to that next level, even though he's already the champion.
0: Yeah. To your point about if the first round was five seconds longer, I mean that could not be more true. Adesanya rocked him early, and it was wild because y- you really did see the wobble and say that like I thought that's that's about to be it. But I mean he obviously saved by the bell, goes back to his corner and and continued to fight for rounds to come. But I I gotta say after that point we never we saw some good combos from Adesanya throughout the entire fight. And he, I liked how he was versatile in the way he went about putting pressure on Pierre. He took it to the ground, something we hadn't seen looked good on the ground. If I must say so myself better than I expected, at least because we really haven't seen much of that out of him. And all of the, all of the way he went about it, all of that got him to the point in the fifth round and to get caught. I mean, it's back to our point of this sport is crazy. When I thought about it the next day, I said, really adesanya was all in his bag of tricks he was going about it all different ways and still snap of a finger pierre with just the power able to end it
1: yeah it, it's just crazy and, and like we keep saying like this is it's the best thing about this sport is is the moments like this and you know going into this fight i i did pick pierre but i thought if pierre was truly going to win that this might break out you know like this might this might be the downfall of Adesanya. I got to say, I feel completely wrong about thinking that because his reaction to the fight, I mean, it's one of the most humble things I've ever seen. You know, he he went in there and he said, you know, just basically stuff happens. I'm going to keep fighting on. You know, he seemed in great spirits still, honestly. I, I, I really enjoyed Adesanya's response to this, his whole Instagram post about how he's going to be back, you know. I think this is actually going to make Adesanya a better fighter. I mean, you know, we, we didn't necessarily see that when he lost to Jan Vlakovic. We kind of saw still some boring fights after it. But I think this is what's going to propel Adesanya to, like I was saying last podcast, he's he's striving to be the greatest fighter ever, right? I, I think the consensus here is that there's going to be a rematch. And I think that this is ultimately going to help Adesanya in the long run, in my opinion.
0: I mean, I don't blame you. I, I totally get the factor of, of having to come back, having the revenge, having something to drive you after you've ran through a division this way. And obviously the the humble way he went about, it, I couldn't agree more. It was wild to see his reaction and, and the way he handled everything. Because, I mean, I did wonder since he has lost two matches to him, kickboxing, coming over to UFC, uh, taking the belt. I did wonder how Adesanya would react. And, and I agree with you. It was It was really very good in, in the way he navigated throughout that whole thing but i gotta say i'm with you on him coming back like this this could make him into a better fighter in terms of i always like a guy that's driven and not just like oh i'm locked in for this camp i've had the best camp of my life more so of having to have something like this revenge and i've said it with uzman i feel the same way as like He's ran through a division, so to be able to now have something to fight for, have something to kind of to drive you and a reset button, I definitely think there's some power in there. I think both guys could come back and win their belts back. Come, I wouldn't be shocked at all, but I, I think that's a good point. Now, you mentioned the boring fights, and, and we talked a little bit about how Adesanya had to be entertaining in this because of the fact that it seemed as though the consensus around fans was – it was a little restless in terms of this isn't as entertaining as you were when you first came on, you know, he came on the scene strong. That Costa knockout was big and the expectations were high after that. So I do think that plays into a factor of why people call it necessarily boring fights, but he came out in this one and he backed up what he said in terms of making it an entertaining fight and, and making it, uh, I, I think it was a horror movie. He said, I mean, he did, he was very active. I'll definitely give him that. He came out and he absolutely was trying to make it an entertaining fight.
1: No, I completely agree, and it, and it was hard to uh, it was hard to be more entertaining than Chandler Poirier. But you know, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. But you know, they still delivered. I mean, that was a great main event, still in my opinion. I mean, anytime you get into those championship rounds. It, it's usually a great fight. I mean, unless it's just wrestling the whole time, but that's just not what we saw. You know, it, like you said, he he did make it an entertaining fight. He delivered on what he said, and I'm happy he did because ultimately I, I feel like that's the best fight we could have gotten. You know, Adesanya almost knocking him out in the first round and then Adesanya getting knocked out in the fifth round. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was a great fight overall. You, you really can't have any complaints about that. And this whole mm-hmm. Adesanya boring fights thing – you know, we might have to put it to rest
0: because yeah, it's put to bed. It's, it's
1: just, it's ultimately not true. You know, the, yeah, the moments we've seen from Adasanya, how many moments we've gotten from him, it outweighs those boring fights. And, you know, it, it's just, it shouldn't be a thing anymore. I,
0: right, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're no, no more entertaining that, that thought on Adasanya. He earned it with this. and, I totally believe that he could potentially make the next one even more entertaining because of where he's at, because of the situation and and that's his belt, man. He's trying going to try and get it back. I'm curious to see where that fight ends up being. I'm curious to see if uh Pierre wants to do that I- in a certain spot or or what they do in that situation because that'll be interesting just because it's not like Pierre has been around long enough to dictate where they were to fight. I don't know. You do you agree with me in my blogging?
1: I mean he's the champion so it's gonna it's it's gonna kind of it's gonna be on his terms which is it's all very weird because he he hasn't been in the UFC for even a year and now he's a champion so like now he has status and he kind of has some pull in some negotiations I guess but you know that that's kind of like the only thing he has like is where the location would be because Dana obviously does a very good job of like all the contract negotiations and stuff like that but I think in terms of the location, he totally has all the power to say where it's going to be and when it's going to be.
0: Yeah, so that'll be interesting because I totally think they he gets an immediate rematch. I mean, he's earned it up to this point. I mean, I can't see any other direction there. Now, in terms of Dan Hooker, we were pretty tough on Dan Hooker. I mean, we were chattering about this guy, talking about, hey, I mean, he's in a dangerous spot. If he loses this, where do they go? Uh, Are we going to see his name on the the UFC thing as dropped or whatever? And he went out and and impressed. I mean, the fight was weird. Uh, What the hell was that dude doing? I mean, what the hell, man? Like he was, that was just an odd, odd fight. It's not like we learned a ton about Dan Hooker, but I did think he looked good. I, I thought he took care of business and did what he needed to do because like we said, he needed a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I was just saying about my Adasanya thought. I'll I'll be here and be the first person to tell you I was very wrong about Dan Hooker. I yeah. I said on the last podcast in our prediction show that he might get released this week, and God, could I have not been more wrong? I thought Dan Hooker looked pretty sharp. I mean, yeah. he did what he did what he needed to do. I mean, he practically did anything he wanted to do on the feet. And yeah, like you were saying with Claudio, I mean. What are we doing here, Claudio? I yeah. mean,
0: you got a hey, main card fight?
1: Hey, I mean, kind of wrong on us, bro. We both picked Claudio. We I did. Mean, we did. Wow.
0: I mean, like we, we said, we didn't know much about him to be to be fair, but at the same time, man, that was a brutal pick because when he got out there, all I could think throughout that fight was what the hell is this guy doing?
1: Oh, it, he was it looked like he completely was not ready for this fight. I mean, I don't know how how much lead time they had for this fight um i'm assuming at least two months i mean this was in the making for a while i don't know man maybe he had an injury i don't know but that was def. i've never really seen anything like that it was honestly pretty weird yeah. like he he was so damaged to the body that he genuinely couldn't stand up i don't even think it was a thing of like him wanting to wrestle with dan hooker like I don't know. He was just genuinely rocked. Maybe he cracked some ribs early in the first round. Something. I, I don't know, man. It, it really was an unexplainable fight.
0: It was. It, it, it came out of nowhere. I mean, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but the his style came out of nowhere. That's for damn sure. But when he waved off the, the fight, it was just like up until that point. I mean, what was the point of even getting in here? Why did we do this yeah. tonight? You know, that. that's really how it felt. But I am happy for Dan Hooker because now – at least there's, there's routes to go. You know, he, he's he got a direction here. He can, depending on who it is next, Dan Hooker can absolutely rattle off fights in a row. That's not out of the question here at all. It's really just a matter of he's fought a ton of good guys and, and sadly been on the losing part of, of, of most of them, but man, it's, it's not like he hasn't put up a fight. He's really shown that he does belong on, on a, a bigger stage. He can fight bigger names, So I'm excited. I want to know what Dan Hooker's next move is going to be. But like I said, it's it's tough because we really didn't learn much or hear. It's one of those fights where you leave it like, hey, he took care of business. But what did we really get out of that?
1: No, yeah. And and I kind of like this position that Dan Hooker's in. Like he's kind of that guy where like if there's a young up and coming guy, like you put him against Dan Hooker and it's like, all right, let's see where he's at. You know, And, and I hate to label Dan Hooker as like a. like stepping stone or something, but like if he can keep taking on like these young prospects and like rattling off wins, like you said, then that's when we start to like, maybe look at like a Chandler rematch or like, maybe look at like a Poirier rematch, you know, like if, if he can keep building these wins, that's how you get yourself back up. And, you know, this was just the first step for Dan Hooker. We'll, we'll see what his next fight is. You know, maybe it even is a Chandler rematch, you know, you could kind of make that now, but for terms of dan hooker I mean he's in a good spot right now he he's definitely not in any danger of getting released he's gonna get a you know a main card fight again and you know maybe a fight night pay-per-view like a fight night uh main event slot but uh you know good performance for Dan hooker he, you know that, that's an easy payday for him so good for him
0: for sure yeah exactly he, he he moves on now and and he's got a direction and you know I hate to have to move on to this but Frankie Edgar, man, that's my guy. I love Frankie Edgar. I really do. He's a legend of the sport. Like no matter what happened, no matter how he went out, it was really just a a matter of like, like we said, when you fight till 41, you might be past that whole emptying the tanks uh, stage. You might, you might've gotten into a a territory where you, obviously you don't get to necessarily leave on your own terms. You know I mean? That one, that one was rough it was kind of like weirdly comparable to the Sandhagen flying me. It was, I mean, yeah. it was early Sorry. in the fight and, and it was, it had the, a very similar feel. Cause I remember when, when this happened, I showed some people that were with me watching the fight. I showed them the video of the Sandhagen one too. And and it was, it was weirdly similar, but I, but like I said, it feels like maybe just fighting this late into the career this isn't a sport where you can kind of ride out into the sunset often. Like, that's rare. So the more I think about it, the more, you know, what Habib did, it sucks. But at least he went out on his own terms, man. Like, at least he went out that way. Uh, but obviously what Frankie Edgar did is is also admirable, too, because what he's done for the sport is huge. And, and fighting as long as he has is impressive regardless.
1: No, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually very similar to, like, a Chuck Liddell situation, in my opinion. Like, it's just a guy that loves fighting so much and doesn't want to let it go. But, you know, fighting's one of those things where it's like when it's your time, man, it's your time and you've you got to give it up. You know, there's no there's no way you can turn back the clock or you can you can get that shin that you had 15 years ago. You know, it's just it's one of those things, man. Life life is always going on. Time always moves on. And unfortunately, Frankie Edgar's time has just run up. I mean, it was it was sad to see, you know. I, uh, we were fearful of this on the last two podcasts, you know, we were saying, I hope he's just well enough to even say some words after the fight. And luckily he was, because when he got that, when he got knocked out, I was like, fuck man, like we might've actually predicted that, like he might not even be able to say anything. I thought they were going to maybe take him right to the hospital, but you know, luckily he could say some words after the fight, you know, give a little speech. I mean, it sucked because he was sad. Everyone was pretty sad about it, but you know, it, it's sad for Frankie Edgar, but you also got to look at the other side of this fight. Chris Gutierrez, man, he, mm. he looked sharp in there. He did. I, I think he might be a guy that, that we should be keeping our eye on for, you know, for his next couple fights. I mean, You beat Frankie Edgar with a flying knee like that, you assume he's going to get a pretty good fight next. And, you know, I'm intrigued. He looked pretty damn sharp out there, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he responded to the big stage. I mean, you give a guy a fight on a main card against an aging legend on, I mean, at Madison Square Garden, and you put on a show the way he did. I mean, he got the finish, and like you said, he looked sharp. He responded well to that type of pressure. Dana's got to look somewhere and and give him a a decent fight for sure. Now, just to wrap up on Frankie Edgar, I mean, this guy started in 2007. He debuted on February 3rd, 2007. Now, that was UFC 67. That's when Frankie Edgar started all this shit. I mean, we're talking about a guy who beat BJ Penn twice in 2010 talking about a guy here and it's funny because he fought a ton of guys twice like gray menard he fought him twice uh benson henderson he fought him twice man it's it's crazy like he fought bj penn three times he beat him three times fought uriah faber beat him beat chad mendez beat jeremy stevens who the fuck is that guy you know
1: he's dude he's literally better he's better on the block he's beating everyone dude
0: yeah i mean it's crazy and and even late in his career he fought guys like yair rodriguez ortega cub swans and max holloway like dude frankie edgar just fought so many good fighters i mean this is a guy that is truly a legend bro
1: yeah seriously i mean he He'll never be forgotten in this sport. And like I was saying last podcast, I hope he gets into like the media side of things. Yeah. I know it it kind of reminded me of it too when Joe Rogan was saying like, I can't wait to see what you're successful in like outside of the octagon, you know, I don't know if that was like a little foreshadowing or him just genuinely being nice, but I hope Frankie Edgar gets into that like media realm of things like a like a Daniel Cormier or, you know, Chael Sonnen, like I, I feel like he would be genuinely a very interesting guy to listen to on like a podcast or, you know, some sort of like ESPN show, something like that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I liked it when you said it and and I still am on on board with, with that for sure. I, I It's the type of guy you want to have analysis from just because you see what he's done and, and, and you know about his – career and the amount of names he's fought like I was just saying. It's you can't put a stamp on that and it gives him these credentials that you would I would be interested in what Frankie Edgar had to say. That's for damn sure. Now moving on to what was guaranteed fireworks and these fucking guys delivered. They they delivered Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler was a war.
1: Oh my god dude it was everything we expected and more I mean <laughs> What a fucking fight, dude. And and for it to end like us by a Poirier submission was just the cherry on top because it it, def, it was definitely like a feel good moment for me. You know, I I actually did bet on Chandler and we both picked Chandler, but I ultimately wasn't that mad about it because Poirier is just, you know, he, he's a guy you root for, you know. He he's one of those fighters that he the way he carries himself outside the octagon, you know. Yeah even inside the octagon in, in a war like that, he keeps his composure. I mean, he's just one of like the staples of the UFC right now. And and it's good to see him bounce back from a loss. And especially in the way he did with a submission after getting submitted, it's just, it's something you love to see.
0: No, I mean, I watched it and, and number one, couldn't agree more. I was shocked at the submission. That was not how I saw that going, especially The way the fight had gone to that point, it seemed as though Chandler did show he had the edge on the ground. He did at least put Poirier in some more compromising positions up until that point. But you're right in the sense that it's good to see him bounce back because it would have been a weird spot for him to be in as well if he loses this fight to Michael Chandler. And this right here, I mean, dude, he's right back in potential title contention with a, a win or two. I mean, Dustin Poirier has the name. He's got the big fights. Everybody knows who he is, not only because of the McGregor thing, but that obviously boosted his name into another level here. He can sell pay-per-views. It's interesting now that he's probably going to fight Darius. That's where you figure it goes next. I'm not sure if that's what they end up doing. It probably makes the most sense in terms of where the division's at. But, man, it's good to know that Poirier still has a a viable chance of getting back in that championship belt contention sometime relatively soon, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a huge win. Michael Chandler has been a guy that just fought for the championship. So, it's like, obviously, Poirier is right in that conversation now. Um, And he got the sub. So I mean, it, it shows that he's improving his wrestling. Chandler is definitely no joke on the ground. I mean, he's he slammed Poirier a couple times that just made you go like, "Holy shit!" Like this guy is strong, you know. And Poirier was ultimately able, ultimately able to one rock him a couple times, and then two um, submit him at the end of the day. So I mean, this was this was an extremely impressive win. And it makes you more confident in Poirier going forward, you know, because this is a fight that he easily he could have lost. You know, if, if Chandler was on his best game and Chandler rocked him, I mean, all it takes is one from Chandler. You're done. And he stood in there, exchanged with him, took some heavy shots, delivered a lot of heavy shots. By the way, I keep saying he's the best boxer in the UFC. I think we saw that full effect on Saturday. I mean, some of the angles this guy was throwing punches at were just unbelievable when when Chandler was up against the cage Poirier was just basically using him as a punching bag I mean it was just it was a show it was a master class out there um so I mean I I think he's almost ready for the Islam challenge I think we maybe maybe you make a Chandler Poirier fight to see who fights Islam or the winner of Islam uh Volkanovsky or we can go Poirier-Dariush, which would be a very, very interesting fight, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Poirier-Dariush—that's that's the one to make at this time, and in, in my in my opinion, that's what I want to see. That's the direction I want to see it go. But you talked a little bit about Chandler. I mean, he had Poirier almost in that clinch. He just could not get the full—he uh, wasn't able to to lock it in. Let's put it that way. And and that's really what was ultimately the downfall of Chandler because it wasn't that far later in the fight when Poirier ended up submitting him. That was the craziest part about the the the, the way in which it ended was you, you thought Poirier was going to get submitted and then all of a sudden the whole thing turns around and Chandler's the one that actually gets submitted. I was extremely impressed because of Heading into the fight, we had talked about Chandler seemed to have the strength on the ground, and, and he just doesn't necessarily really use that a lot. He likes to put on a show, and hey, man, he did that in the first two rounds. He didn't seem overly interested in wrestling. He was down to stand up there and bang with Poirier, and that's a wild avenue to take, and we and we saw that because Poirier landed a lot of big shots. Obviously, the shot to the nose was viral and and. In the moment, that was a big one because I remember thinking, I mean, he's got to be hurt there. That's that's brutal. I mean, you saw the blood instantly come out of his nose. But for Chandler moving forward, I'm interested to see the direction they go because he's in a weird spot where he is so entertaining. He The fans know it. Every time he's been out there, he's put on a show. He's fought huge names, so you can't necessarily fault him for his losses because they're against all these top guys. I think it's time to actually make the Chandler-McGregor fight.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, what other avenue can you go down? I mean, it's just – it's perfect. It's a perfect lineup. They both line up perfectly. Their fight styles match up perfectly. Only thing is, what weight are we going to put – what weight are we going to fight at? You know, McGregor looks like he's walking around at like 200 right now. So – You know that's an exaggeration. He's probably around like 175 or so. But you know, it's like, where are we gonna put this fight? We might have to put it at 170, which McGregor has fought a couple times before. I mean, bulky. I mean, Michael Chandler is a pretty bulky guy. He he probably could make it up to 170. Dude, I was
0: just about to say Um, he would be a bowling ball at 170.
1: I mean, he already looks absolutely jacked and healthy at 155. If you put him up to 170, we might see a whole other animal. I would kind of be scared for McGregor that he's going to get slammed on his face. Like, <laughs> I mean, if Poirier, if uh, Michael Chandler slamming Poirier, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, McGregor's wrestling is better than Poirier's. So that would be a little tough. But you know, we might have to make that fight at 170. But I, I completely agree. That's that has to be the avenue that you go down. They've, they've both talked about it before. It would just, it would do numbers. You can put Chandler in that main event slot still, in my opinion, and people are going to watch. And obviously people are going to watch for McGregor too. So I think that's the perfect fight to make.
0: No, it definitely does seem like the perfect fight to make at the moment. It just seems like where their trajectories are at, it makes a lot of sense. And again, like Chandler is entertaining. People are going to see that name now after what he's done so far here in the UFC and they're gonna wanna watch him and that's a perfect guy to put with Conor McGregor. I also think Chandler would be good in in the whole shit talking thing and building up the fight. I think he could really handle that well. It would be it would be fireworks, that's for damn sure, but it would be interesting because it's like I'm scared against I'm scared for McGregor against a guy that can wrestle that way. I just am. I also think Chandler obviously has big power. McGregor has shown now that you know he can get rocky he can get knocked out. I'm scared for McGregor, but I want the fight to happen just because I think it would be so entertaining.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a true fight. Like, all right, does McGregor have anything left? You know, it if he gets crushed by Michael Chandler, it's like it is what it is. You know, he he needs to hang him up. But if he can get a win against Michael Chandler, it's like all right, all right, now we got the train rolling a little bit. You know, we got it back on the tracks. So Let's uh. You know, maybe throw him Jorge Masvidal, you know, go down some different avenues. But, you know, it, like we just keep saying, it's the perfect fight to make. It's it's the perfect fight to see, all right, does he have anything left? And can he compete at a top level? So
0: so in terms of back to like Poirier and Chandler, how about just Chandler blowing chunks on Poirier? Just blowing <laughs> blood chunks out of his nose right on him courier's face dude like not on his back not on his legs dude directly on this guy's face
1: i mean they. Like, anyone that steps in that octagon is a sick fuck like, i mean <laughs> if, if you're gonna be blowing your own blood on people like what the fuck man these guys these guys are tapped but you know what I, I i can't necessarily blame them i mean you know you're 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 in that place in a fight you're you're getting beat you're trying to do anything to win I mean, why not bring a gross factor into it?
0: Oh, know, man. I mean, just bring a gross factor <laughs> like into it.
1: I don't know, dude. I, I, I would assume it's not too comfortable to have some guy blowing his broken nose all over your face. So I've, it, maybe it was just a tactic to try to mess with Poirier. But, you know, we've seen this a couple times now. We saw that with uh, Ruke yeah. Rock.
0: Yeah. Rock holding she, Costa. That's what I was thinking about.
1: Costa, too. Just uh, – Really fucking gross, in my opinion. But you know, hey, add, adds that much more of an entertainment factor to these UFC fights.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, I agree. Though we have seen it with with the Rockhold and Costa thing. I was thinking about that, and, and but this one was just it was even grosser, just because of the fact that it was out of his nose. There's just something about Thanks. that that just doesn't sit right with me. But man, I mean, it, it was. We seem to come into a territory. I mean, at least. As of recent, because I'm thinking of Sugar Sean and Pyotr and Yan. When Yan's blood was all over O'Malley, and, and like he had none of his own blood on his body. At one point, that was Poria. It was all Chandler's blood that was all over him. I mean, don't get me wrong, Poria took some damage. He definitely did, but there was a point where like he looked all bloody, but in reality, not a whole lot of that was his own.
1: Yeah. No, seriously, it probably like eighty percent of it wasn't his own. I mean, he was covered, but he wasn't necessarily bleeding, like you just said.
0: Yeah, did you see what Poirier said after the fight where he kind of walked up to him and said, big respect, you know, I was I was afraid to fight you in, in like, a healthy way, you know, because he knew he was a savage and stuff. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool.
1: Yeah, that was pretty sick. I know. And they had a lot of respect for each other, which was pretty dope. You know, like, you could tell they wanted to fight so bad, and in the face-offs, you know, it was just like, so much tension but you could tell like they still shook each other's hands and stuff too too so it was kind of cool to see you know these guys are fighting and it's war but at the same time they have a ton of respect for each other which is pretty dope
0: yeah i almost thought to myself like damn this makes me want to rematch but there's just no possible way there's too many they, they gotta go a different direction with these guys you know
1: yeah no definitely but you know maybe if uh poria can Finally, gain that title, which I pray he does. He's one of those guys that I really want to see hold up a title one day. And if Chandler can turn well, he, this thing around, then maybe you know.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I think it's. I I, I get what you mean about like you know you root, you root for Poirier, so so you want to see that happen for him. I root for Chandler, and and it's hard to see the path right now. He he's in a an odd spot he's definitely another guy here that's in like this weird spot because a lot of big name guys just has not been able to beat them. And And I was one of the people before this fight saying, I would like to see him work his way to a title shot because I think he's a great matchup for Makachev. I think that would be a very entertaining fight between those two guys. I also think he's a guy that could hang better than most down on the ground with Makachev. I mean, when you say that, you got to say it cautiously because man Makachev gets you on your back. We all know what's happening. It's just a matter of time. It's it's really yeah, you're done. yeah, it's 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 gotten to that point with him, but I do think Chandler was had the chance to be a really intriguing matchup against Makachev. and now it's it's like where does he go? But I I got to say, if he gets this McGregor fight and he gets that win, now you're talking right back in it. That's a bigger win than normal because it's McGregor, no matter where McGregor's at in his career, Big name, big win there. Maybe, maybe then he goes back to Poirier at some point, or just gets another big name, and he's right back on track to where it's like, all right, win a couple here, and you're probably going to get a shot at the belt because of the resume to this point.
1: Yeah, he, he's always going to be relevant. You know, it, it, it's tough to see him lose, but like we keep saying, he's just—he's one of those guys that you can always—you can always throw him in these main cards and he, he's going to deliver a great fight. And I like the point you made about uh, Islam Makhachev. I, I completely agree in the sense that I feel like he would have been such a good matchup for him just because of how strong he is in the wrestling we've seen to him pro, uh, from him so far. But, you know, that's just unfortunately not how it's played out. But again, th- there's a lot of red avenues you can go down with Michael Chandler. A lot of great fights you can make with him. But I pray, I pray it's McGregor.
0: Hey, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you now. I I think it makes a ton of sense for both sides. The weight thing obviously is a concern. It'd be interesting to see if Chandler does want to go up to 170 again. Absolute bowling ball. That dude's gonna look like a shorter version of Paulo Costa in there.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he he's gonna look like a like a fullback or something like a middle linebacker.
0: Yeah, a rugby player. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, that's that's definitely a, a, a an interesting fight to make. Uh we talked about Makhachev real quick. Random question here. You think he beats Volkanovski?
1: Yeah, he's going to fucking crush him, dude. I don't I don't even think that fight's going to be close to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I think it eventually just he's going to do what he always does. He's going to get him down, he's yeah. going to submit him. It's it, that's really how that's going to go. Especially
1: Volk going up in weight. I yeah. mean it, it's going to be bad.
0: Yeah. I would uh, I don't know. if They wouldn't do it right away, but it would be cool if one day maybe Makachev was to go down and try and get a second belt because he doesn't get that belt. Obviously, this is a, this is only a, a dual belt chance for Volkanovski, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah so we. Correct. Yeah. So I mean that that's a direction that that would be cool, just because I I I'm I'm a big fan of the dual belt. I think that's cool. I I, I like when the guys get both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that too. I think it's just a matter of if Islam can like physically get to that weight i think that would be like the question about it but i agree with you i think it would make more sense if he could to go down and and see where that plays out
0: yeah definitely and it would open up the possibility of maybe at some point you throw max holloway in there for him you know
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, him off some wins?
0: i'm i'm interested in uh if when makachev faces like a, a, a high-level striker now all there is he's, he's got that in him but i'm interested in like poirier that would be that would be an interesting matchup because number one poirier can hang down there on the ground he, he can hang around i'm not sure he'd be able to hang around for for the whole fight obviously but it would be interesting to see him fight a high-level boxer like that because if he can stay up for an extended period of time Poirier has the advantage and Makachev hasn't fought a lot of guys that ever really have an advantage on him i thought that even against a guy like Oliveira the surprising aspect of the fight was how Makachev hung in their striking he 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 did look fine at least against Oliveira it it, it was it was good enough you know because at the end of the day his strength is is so so much of a strength it's unstoppable it feels like
1: yeah yeah, and it would be interesting to see, you know, Poirier maybe Gaethje, you know, against Makachev. But it's like that's when that's when we really start comparing Makachev to Habib because if if it's the same result again, it's just a mirror image of what we've already seen, you know. So I think it would be interesting because if we actually are gonna make those comparisons and be serious about it. We're going to need evidence to back it up, and we're just in the beginning of Islam's career, it feels like, even though he has a bunch of fights under his belt, but, you know, this championship reign is going to be very interesting. Can he be as dominant as Habib, and I, I think that's truly what he's chasing, so, you know, he's going to have to face the gay cheese he's going to have to face the Poiriers of the division to really prove himself in that realm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I truly mean what I'm about to say, and it obviously is barring he pulls the same type of move that Habib does and, and leaves on his own terms at, at, at a young age. I think Makusha is going to be better than Habib. I really do. I think he's going to be more dominant. Wow. I, I think he's going to beat bigger names. I I just I don't see how somebody can stop him unless it's a guy like Poirier that catches him with a big shot. But even then, his tool, taking it to the ground, getting down there, enables a guy – to recover when they take a big shot like that. So that's what makes him so dangerous. Is like even if you do catch Islam Akashev, if he doesn't get completely knocked out in that moment and he wraps around your leg, he has ample time that he's gonna be able to recover because the minute you go down there, he's still gonna be able to get on top of you, still gonna be able to get the guard. He knows what he's he knows how how to recover in that moment. It's I think that's what is ultimately something that makes him so lethal. But we'll talk about him later. We'll talk about him walking off to you later. I'm sure that that'll be a big conversation. We'll move on to Esparza versus uh, Zhang Wei Li. I'll tell you what, this was pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, Zhang is just like the Terminator. I mean, he is fucking insane, dude. I, I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough for Rose. I gotta say, if if they have a rematch, it's gonna be tough for Rose because. Man, Zhang Weili is just a one-woman wrecking ball. I mean, <laughs> just absolute domination.
0: Yeah, I said it before the fight. I said that I thought she was the type of fighter that the the Rose losses were tough, and, and they were they were obviously monumental parts of her career. But she had felt to this point like somebody who was going to have a reign with the belt. She was going to be able to defend it a few times. She was going to have a dominant era. And it just hadn't come yet, and I truly think this was the start of it. I think she faced Esparza. that was the opponent that was there. It's not her fault that Rose wasn't able to take care of business last time out. So she goes and faces Esparza. She was dominant, like you said, looked like the Terminator out there. And I think, I think we're about to see Zhang Wei hang on to this belt for a long time, even if she fights Rose again. And you know, Rose is my favorite women's fighter. I think Wei is going to win just because of. The fact that this is her time now this is this is when she takes over and and goes on a run
1: no I, I I actually could not agree with you more it just feels like it feels like this is it like you were saying it feels like this is the time where you know she's gonna have she's gonna probably have this belt for like a year plus maybe even two years maybe even three years and then we're looking at opponents like wow Zhangwei Lee's coming in at a minus a thousand favorite. Like, is she ever even gonna lose again? You know, it she had that wake up call with Rose twice and now she's fought her way back and to finally hold that belt again for her must just feel like she just must feel on top of the world right now. And if she can just keep riding out this feeling and keep keep improving, I mean, we're looking at like Amanda Nunez type run here.
0: Yeah, that's that's the direction I'm kinda talking about. Is is sheer domination like that. Like just they, they continue to give her the these opponents and she's running through all of them. That that's where I see Zongway Lee at. I think this was the start. It it worked out for her getting this fight for the belt back. I think it's obviously an easier matchup than Rose, even though Rose lost this, this fight to Esparza. I I Rose Namajunas is a tougher matchup than Carlos Esparza. That's how I feel. I think that she's shown that against Zong Weili, obviously twice. But this third time around, which I'm obviously assuming that Zhang Lee fights Rose, again, this is the time that that Zhang gets it. And it's going to be one of those rare ones where they fight for a third time, but somebody's already won twice. But I I think that this third one still – it doesn't matter, you know, the rubber match or or winning two out of three – This is just huge for Zhang Wei Li to hang on to this belt and be able to move on. Because if she beats Rose a third time, they're not going to want to schedule a fourth. I don't think they're going to want to make it this this big best out of five thing. Maybe that's the direction they go. It'd be cool because, man, that'd actually be entertaining now that I think about it. I kind of just looked over it. But, hey. A five-part Zong Rose. If if Zong wins the next one, that'd be crazy. Like, why not though? Give me one good reason why not. And I'm and it's it's no slight to to like the women's division, but that would create some real excitement, you know. Like, and, and I'm not saying there isn't real excitement there already. I just mean, as in, like, it would be something we haven't really seen before.
1: I was gonna say, have we have we ever seen two fighters fight five times? I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't think so. It, it, Man, that would that would, I think it would just be one of those cool things, a, a niche thing, something that probably never happens again. It'd be cool.
1: Yeah, it would. I, it would be cool, not even produce that, but to just see that in general in our lifetime. I mean, yeah. The, the most I've ever seen is well, it's gonna be four fights between Moreno and uh, and uh, what's F- Figueredo. Figueredo, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the C five would be pretty damn crazy too.
0: 5 really would be crazy. I mean, we 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 already we'll move on from Zongwei Li obviously. You have anything else like uh, on this fight?
1: No, I mean it, just kind of what we expected. Yeah. You know, it, she just ran through her and you know, props to Esparza for getting the belt. Kind of feel bad for her that it was short lived, but you know, it, she's towards the end of her, her career, so I'm happy to see that you know she had at least a little bit of a reign, you know, she had it for a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, she was at the top
1: of the division for at least a couple months, so uh, I was happy to see that.
0: I mean, hey, she was likable too. I I, I watched the embedded series uh, the day of mm-hmm. the fights, and and she was likable. Definitely, she she was. I'm I'm curious to see like who she fights next and if she finds her way back into the title conversation. Because that would always be cool too. You always like to see somebody potentially be able to get revenge. Uh, there was a funny part in the embedded where she was as far as it was going kind of like for a light jog and the camera turned like in, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away from her was Zongwei Lee going for her cardio that day. I was like, I was like these, and, and, and like, they're literally about to fight. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, I, uh, in a, in a couple of days, like that, that's so crazy. Just the, the, the weird like tension there was there. And it was even, it was even crazy too. Cause they got on camera, like one of the people that was working out with Zongwei Lee, Li, like part of her team looking over at
1: asparza
0: oh <laughs> and I was like yeah this,
1: right this is
0: uncomfy now asparza was laughing she actually handled it funny like the way she handled it was funny she she was like it's it's wild to think that you know we're just gonna be in there fighting in a couple of days like and she's yeah. right it, it is wild to think.
1: They're both going through like their afternoon jog right next to each other.
0: Real, I. Uh,
1: they should have, like raised each other or something.
0: <laughs> just to get it out. Uh, but yeah. so I was. What I was going to say earlier was, um, in terms of Adesanya and Pereira, I mean, we we talked about it, but I, you have anything anything else on this one? I
1: mean, not not necessarily. No, I'm uh, I'm just excited for the rematch. Honestly, I'm so excited I'm for the see rematch too. A new Adesanya.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious to see how Adesanya goes about it. Like, th- does he try and stick to the same game plan because he knows he was on route to winning the fight, or does he kind of try and switch it up? And and I assume him to switch it up just because you don't want to necessarily go in there and 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 not respect the result in a sense. Like, you have to change something. I mean, something wasn't right because he ended up getting caught in the fifth. And it's a it's gonna be weird knowing that. Piera has the belt. So in a decision here, Adesanya can't necessarily just go to decision and trust it like he had been for a couple fights before uh, this latest Piera one. So he has to be a lot more aggressive. He has to hunt a knockout at some point. That's going to be a very interesting aspect of the fight that I don't necessarily think this past one had.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be... It's gonna be entertaining as hell again. And he's gonna be going in there for that knockout. That that, that that's how he would truly get his revenge in my opinion. I can't I think he can't really win by a decision. I mean, he could, but it wouldn't be like an, a win in like the eyes of the casual fan. So, like you were saying, he's gonna be going for that knockout. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sick. We'll probably see some things we've never seen from Adesanya before.
0: You think they I mean, I, I guess this is kind of a dumb question, but if Adesanya wins that second one, does he go back automatically for a third against Biera for the the tiebreaker? You think for a trilogy?
1: I wouldn't mind it. I mean, when you think about Adesanya, it's like I don't really know who else in the division could beat him. We've said that before, so I mean, to truly settle it, maybe I, it depends how this second fight would play out. In my opinion, but I, it, it could be an avenue at- you know, go down for sure.
0: I hope one day. That we see Adesanya fight Shemaev.
1: That would be pretty damn wild.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it'll happen, just because obviously the weight, the that'll be a factor. And, and But I think that would be an entertaining fight.
1: Well, I don't know if the weight would even be a factor, because clearly Shemayev can't make 170 anymore, yeah. so he's going to have to move up, you know? But we could potentially see Pierre and Shumayev next. Instead of the rematch, I think that's something to keep an eye
0: on. That would be unbelievable if they didn't give Adesanya an immediate rematch. I mean, that would defy all odds. That would be like not giving Usman a, a immediate rematch. <laughs> It'd be asinine. I
1: mean, hey, we'll see, man. You know, maybe he's gonna take like a little break. You never know.
0: What do you, you really think? What do you think about like automatic rematches for the champ? Like, do you think that some, if a champ loses the belt? Do you feel as though they should always get a rematch because they they were the champ or, or how's this I'll phrase it like this do you think that a champ that's held the belt should automatically get a rematch to get that belt back when they get beat or do you five. or do you think or do you think that that holds up the division
1: I think I think a little bit of both, and I think what it mainly depends on is the fashion in that they lose, you know? If the champ gets absolutely crushed in a fight, it's a first-round finish, then it's like, I don't necessarily think they deserve...
0: Connected to iPad 5.
1: If they lose in a decision, maybe if it's not even close, somehow like that, then then yeah, I, I do agree, but I like you said, it also does kind of hold up the division, so... I don't know. It's really a thing where it varies from championship fight to championship fight for me.
0: Yeah, I I respect that. I just think it's one of those things where if you've earned it, like you got to be able to get that immediate shot. Like it, I would think it would be I would think it was crazy if Kamaru Usman didn't get an immediate rematch. Like I would think it was crazy if Adesanya didn't get an immediate rematch. Like guys that have had that long reign that that feel as though it's like you can't just you know throw them to the to the wolves with a a three-round I don't I mean the three-round fight obviously doesn't really make make an impact on my opinion it's more of just the fact that like they've been on top for so long if they're gonna go out go out twice
1: yeah no I, I like that too it's um like I said it just varies from fight to fight for me I mean it really, really all situational with me, but I can definitely see both sides on it. You know, I don't think one way or the other is completely wrong.
0: Yeah. So just to touch on the prelims because we had talked about that heading into it, I was upset to see Meatball Molly lose.
1: Yeah, that was tough. But you know, we we should have uh, we should have had at least a little idea of yeah. that with how the odds were. I mean, I was surprised by the odds, and then I started watching the fight. She got her in a crucifix, which you do not see too often. That looks like a grueling position to be in,
0: dude. She couldn't move.
1: Um, you know, it's it's like to see her go down like that. But Meatball Molly will be back. You know, yeah. she she she's one of those women that loves fighting, and she's a dog. So I know she'll be back. You know, we may ne- never see her in that like contender type of status, but she'll be around for sure.
0: Her trajectory is a little strange. Like it feels weird. That they kind of built her up and and didn't necessarily give her you know, top people in the division. And, and they got her to a point where she really was a draw. And everybody knows about the, the Patty Pimlet connection. She had become a real draw. And then they kind of throw her to the number one prospect in the division. It was a strange move.
1: Oh, very strange move. I mean, it was all a momentum thing, like you were just saying. I mean, she just had a lot of momentum, a lot of popularity. And she was just a a big name to throw at that top prospect and unfortunately did not work out in Molly's favor. But I mean, Erin Blanchfield, she's someone we gotta keep our eyes on. You know, we're we're talking a lot about Molly people, but like I was saying, too, to get someone in a crucifix, I have not seen – I've seen that probably a handful of times in all of the UFC fights I've watched. So I was very damn impressed at how she looked. Very, very dominant performance.
0: Yeah, that was shocking, the, the crucifix. It was it, – like you said, it did not look like a lot of fun whatsoever. It looked yeah. like a, a lot to take in. Now, Ryan Spahn versus Dominic Reyes. I mean, Span, I meant. Dude, Span's legit, and I said it heading in. I said, I I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I remember where I was at watching it. Somebody had said, oh, you know, Dominic Reyes, they had pretty much already written off the fight to Reyes, and I said, hey, man, do not sleep on Ryan Span because the the momentum he had coming into that point, I was impressed with what I'd seen with fights heading in, and, man, that knockout was something. He is legit, and I want to see Ryan Spann climb his way into some contention here because he is entertaining
1: yeah i mean that was surprising in my opinion dominic reyes was one of those guys that he still was considered at you know kind of the top of the division he was falling down a little bit but man ryan span he's he's a guy we got to keep our eye on too very uh very crazy fight style some of the combos he he was throwing were pretty wild um some a little unorthodox, in my opinion, but it worked in his favor. And he's definitely a guy I'm pretty excited to see where where his career kind of pans out. Now, for Dominic Reyes, this might be the end for him, man. I mean, he, he did not look good. I, I don't think he played any defense during that fight. I mean, he was just getting fucking rocked the whole time. I, I didn't really see any defense for him. Or offense, he was just kind of just standing there and taking it until he got absolutely knocked out. I mean, getting brutally knocked out twice in a row, it's going to be tough for Dominic Reyes to really see a path here back to that consender status he once was.
0: No, I agree with you. Now, he is in the light heavyweight division, so it's interesting because you probably you could justify giving him the winner of Jan Blachowicz versus uh, Ankaleyev.
1: Which yeah, is no, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's on the Yuri the Yuri card. It's uh, right below. So that he's close. Ryan right? Span's not far off from, from title contention. that's exciting. That's for damn sure. Now, the card this coming weekend is obviously Derek Lewis. You're always gonna be interested in something with Derek Lewis at the helm. But it's like, does Derek Lewis get his name back in to that fighting for the belt with a win or how far away is he do you think
1: i think he's pretty far away at this point and i mean Derek lewis he's just one of those guys where it's like it's kind of it's not luck but it's all like it's just one shot you know it, it's either he gets the shot or he doesn't and he gets absolutely crushed which is sad because i love Derek lewis man he's one of my favorite fighters but Unfortunately, in my opinion, he's just not in that like elite enough status to to truly contend for the title. You know, we we've tried it before and it just hasn't worked out. And I hope he can prove me wrong, but I, I feel like his path is way too far this far in his career for him to truly get back up there.
0: He's a perfect fight night guy, and that's exactly why he's headlining <laughs> this card. Yeah, you
1: know, that's a perfect way to put it. Honestly,
0: it, he's. Perfect for Fight Night. I mean, you you have the name. You know that Derek Lewis is going to get in there, and he's going to fucking swing. He's going to throw big shots, dude. That's one great part about a Derek Lewis fight. You also know you can always throw him a good opponent, a guy that's kind of on the rise, trying to prove that he can fight the top guys. Perfect for Derek Lewis. So he always is going to hold value, like you like you're saying. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun to see if he's kind of like. That fight night guy from here on out. I mean, maybe they throw him on on some cards. I'm not opposed to that either. I love me some Derek Lewis. I'm all in. He's entertaining. He's a funny guy, and he does put on a show when he gets in there. You know the big shots are coming at some point. Outside of him on this card, I'm intrigued by Waldo Cortez Acosta. He fought on the Sugar Sean card, I believe. I'm I'm not mistaken. I believe he was on that card, so he's fighting pretty quickly i mean that's a pretty quick turnaround i think him in the heavyweight division he's a name to watch as a young prospect he's eight and zero. he's a guy that could could find his way into the mix in the future
1: that's a good call out i mean i, I gotta be honest i don't know too too much about him but i'm excited to watch him now that yeah that's um you know eight and zero is never bad keep know? an that, eye that's a pretty good start Keep an eye.
0: And like I said, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was on that sugar card. So this is a pretty quick turnaround for for a guy like that. And we'll probably talk about these over the the next weeks. But just to touch on Kevin Holland versus Wonderboy Thompson, where are you at with that?
1: I mean, I'm definitely leaning Wonderboy Thompson. And this is one of those fights where it's like it could definitely go either way. You know, it's going to definitely be one of those fights where during fight week, I might change my opinion. You know, I know I said Wonderboy right now, but when we get closer to the fight, I might say Kevin Holland. You know, it, it's one of those things where this is a very even, evenly matched fight, and that's a huge fight night card in general. I mean, there's a lot of great fights on that card.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Tytuyevasa is also on that. He's fighting Sergey yeah. Pavlovich.
1: Yeah, they're, they're upgrading these fight nights, man. I think that. I think that it's a great. It's a great thing to do for the UFC because it gets all those ESPN scribers like really involved in the in the sport rather than having to pay for you know good fights.
0: Hell yeah! I mean, like I said, I, I talked about ties on this, but RDA is also on this too. Fucking Rafael dos Anjos is the lead up. He's the the, the co-main. I mean, hell, man, he's this is this is loaded up. Derek Brunson's on this. Kyle Daukus is on this. It's crazy. Damn, it's crazy. The lineup for this card but that's really where i'm at with the ufc last thing here jake paul was at the deji versus floyd mayweather fight you talked about the deji and floyd mayweather fight give the uh, audience your thoughts on that oh
1: uh, it was uh pretty awful to keep it very blunt <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> floyd was floyd was literally joking around out there i mean he was dancing in the middle of the fight he was missing punches on purpose like swallowing his arms on purpose like almost slapping him at some points i mean it was a complete and utter mismatch and uh, definitely like a joke in terms of like what we've seen from influencer boxing like we've seen some good moments in influencer boxing but this one was definitely one of the low lights in my opinion it was just an awfully put together card in my opinion too that we i waited an hour and a half to see this fight Tommy Fury fought and then there was an hour and a half break until the Floyd Mayweather fight. Mm-hmm. It was it was 2 a.m. where they were when this fight occurred. Um I don't know what been what was going on, but I mean overall the fight just sucked and Jake Paul was the best part of this card. I mean, he's every time this guy goes somewhere, he's some he somehow is the main event. I mean for them to have him as a commentator during tommy fury's fight i mean it was great for the audience like that was fucking awesome i don't know if you saw those clips of him screaming at tommy yeah it just sucks all that but like what were the people thinking like obviously that was gonna happen i don't even think he was talking into the mic like he was just screaming into the ring because it didn't even it didn't even necessarily sound like he was talking into the mic but just causing an absolute scene. John Fury fucking rips off his shirt is shadow boxing saying, come on, come on, come into the – I mean, what the fuck, dude? And then Jake comes face-to-face with Andrew Tate, and they're talking shit to each other. You can feel the tension in the air. Man, the- everywhere this guy goes, he-, he just finds a way to make himself the main event.
0: It was definitely a wild night the way you just kind of illustrated it there I mean that <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but I did see a lot of that stuff I saw all the, the the clips of Jake Paul I obviously did not watch this fight I really didn't have any interest ever since it was put out i I, I kind of I knew where that was headed it, it was it was obvious how that was gonna look to me but yeah I saw all the clips of Jake Paul he is just entertaining he he knows how to put oh, on I a could show too. I had five. He knows how to make the people kind of get get riled up, and he's good at that. He's good at getting people riled up, and he did it again. I mean, he went out. He kind of blew up Tommy Fury's moment. Don't get me wrong. Apparently, the Fury fight was not a good look on him, I guess, from what I'm hearing. But yeah, Jake Paul went in there, took over the moment, and then you see, like you said, John Fury ripping his shirt off. I thought the Shrek memes were great by Jake Paul funny move because it did have some funny comparisons and in terms of of how they looked in that moment but i mean it was just so weird like what was he thinking with the with pulling the shirt off and did he really think that jake paul was going to make a move up to the ring and like did he think about how many cameras were on him and and where the internet is at today like i know he's a talker but that was next level bro
1: oh it's just like Jake Paul was literally saying it. He's like, "Dude, you're like a like fifty or six year old guy. Like, this is just like embarrassing for you." That's what he kept saying. He's like, "Dude, like you're just embarrassing yourself. Like, what are you, what are you actually doing, man?" That that was fucking awesome. I I seriously thought that was the best part of the card. I mean, have you seen any of the Mayweather Deji highlights?
0: I saw a little bit. Yeah, I saw obviously the three sixty, and and I saw some of the shots. I thought Deji's tweet of. I gave Floyd a black eye was, was great. I thought that was a great way to look oh, yeah. at it. Number one. And and I just thought it, w- it was great in general because it's actually true.
1: Oh yeah. No, it's awesome, dude. Like I, I don't think anything less of Deji. I mean, to get in there with Floyd Mayweather, dude, I mean, what do you expect? You know, that the guy went multiple rounds with him. He, he took some hard shots and still stayed in there, you know, good for him. I mean, that's a, that's a win in his book and in, in my book too. Like I, I just look more down on Floyd than anything from this fight because it's like, dude, what are you what are you doing? Like, you really need, like, this money like that? Like, I don't know, man. It was just, like, almost, like, disrespectful to boxing. Like, you're one of the best ever, and you're, like, messing around with these YouTubers. It's like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm i one of the biggest advocates for influencer boxing. I think it's fucking awesome. You You know me, but... This one just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like at least take it seriously. At least go in there and knock out Deji in thirty seconds, like you could have. You know, it just looked bad. At least script it to look good. It, it was just a joke.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's not a good look on Floyd. But again, for for Deji, it's like, can you imagine when he got that call, like, "Hey, uh, Floyd Mayweather says he wants to box you." He's probably like, What? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he wants to box Wait. He wants to box me? And that's like that's not even
1: KSI. Yeah. That's let what me, I mean. Let me let me remind you, in Deji's first three amateur fights, he was 0-3. Yeah,
0: and then he came he's out and tec- got that one win, right?
1: He's technically one and zero as a pro boxer, because his last fight was a pro fight. Won that fight. But his previous three fights, they were amateur fights. He lost all three of them. So mm-hmm. it's not even like it's not even like this guy is at like the top of influencer boxing. Like he, he's one in three. <laughs> for real, for that's
0: real. Just
1: hard to. I don't even know, dude.
0: Now you mentioned Andrew Tate and Jake Paul coming face to face again. That's the second time in what a, a week or so that we see these two guys facing off. We see them doing this this stuff for the media, putting it out there. Oh man, it's starting to feel like that's gonna happen.
1: Did you did you like see the video of them face to face close up? Yeah. Dude, it's like it was so funny because you can kind of tell Andrew Tate's energy is like, Wow, like you actually want to do this, huh? And then Jake's like, fuck yeah, I want to do this. And then they just like then they just like stare at each other intensely and you're like, damn, like this might actually happen, dude. Like it was it was pretty sick to see, honestly. I thought it was like hell yeah like it, it got me kind of pumped
0: no dude this this to me i mean i've said it out of all the the celebrity boxing and again i don't even consider a jake paul a youtuber anymore but it still is celebrity boxing to to a, to a point uh, mm-hmm. i think this is what i want to see the most it's it's it it would just be crazy to see these two guys because of knowing them from their social media days, knowing where Jake Paul has gotten to as a fighter, but also knowing Tate's background is fighting, it's the opposite almost was Jake Paul who kind of did the YouTube scene, he, he acted and stuff, and then became this world-class boxer. Andrew Tate was a world-class kickboxer and then found his way to the media and has perfected the whole Instagram thing and going viral. It's, it's one of those fights that, I think, I don't know if Jake Paul ever would fight again and make more money than that fight. And that's crazy to say because he could fight real boxers. He could, he could fight the top class boxing guys and they're not going to do the numbers an Andrew Tate fight would do.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually going to be crazy to see. Like, I think this is genuinely going to like really blow up social media. Like, this is going to be all over the place. It'll probably be one of like, it's going to be Jake's most hyped fight, obviously, but it's going to be like, the like Ben Askren type where it's like everywhere you look, you see like something for this fight.
0: Hell yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week uh, after the, obviously the Derek Lewis card and stuff. We'll talk about that and, and probably move on and go more in depth to that Kevin Holland fight night. Cause like you said, I mean for a fight night that shit is stacked.
1: Oh yeah. I, I, I'm excited. I mean, these next couple of weeks are set, brother. I mean, Saturdays are Saturdays are it's dude. It's, it's going to be, a sick couple of months coming up with all these good fight nights and cards
0: hell yeah and, and and i mean this is gonna sound this is gonna make me sound like an old man but i also like the fact that it's not all at 10 o'clock like every yeah, Sunday. Thank God. i mean saturday yeah so now it's a little bit earlier where we are but like i said i mean that's all i got i think adesanya and uzman are both winning their belts back next time out anything you got
1: oh yeah Let's uh let's keep these uh Jake Paul, Andrew Tate things rolling, you know? Let's uh let's get a let's get a contract signed maybe.
0: Let's make it happen. All right, peace out.